0: Hi everyone, I'm Anya along with Josh from AdStage. Today is September 7th, 2018, and these are your top six PPC headlines from this week.
1: So Instagram is building a standalone app for shopping, if you haven't heard the news. So this new standalone Instagram shopping app will let users browse collections of goods from merchants, and they're going to be able to purchase directly within the app. Rumor has it, Instagram is working on this new app just for shopping only. So they're really going in the whole direction of transactions and making purchases and really catering to those retailers who want to be on Instagram and sell things through the, through the app. So this was reported by Verge, and it was breaking news, I think, as of yesterday. Um, but users will be able to browse the products on the brand pages they follow, and then purchase directly within the app. So what do you think about that, Anya?
0: Well, as you said, it's rumored just yet. The news hasn't been confirmed yet, uh, but it kind of makes sense. It's also timely for Instagram. Um, They say that four in five Instagram users already follow at least one business. I definitely follow a bunch of businesses and brands on Instagram. Um, And considering that most online businesses, especially in the commerce today already have Instagram account, Um, it makes sense that you'll use this kind of tools if they become available now my question um would be if would that be just brands or also influencers because uh from my understanding the business model for marketers on instagram right now um is influencer marketing so basically selling clothes through um Micro influencers, like folks who have like maybe a thousand followers, but they're kind of niche and they tag their clothes and sell them on Instagram. So I'm just curious if this shopping app would uh, mean that those influencer people on Instagram would start opening their Shopify store friends to kind of cut the middleman and just sell um, directly from their profile. Um, In any case, it's it's, it's kind of, um, it kind of just makes sense for Instagram to do it.
1: Yeah. And that's a really interesting question, too. I don't know if there's going to be some new revenue models popping up to to deal with, you know, your, your businesses and the influencers and, and how they're going to sell products. So it's going to be interesting to see when this is confirmed. And we do have more details about this app, you know, what it's what it's going to become. But uh, it makes sense for Facebook. So I think maybe a show or two ago we talked about how Facebook wanted to connect directly to your bank account and people were getting all upset about that. But really I think this even goes in that direction even more where they're just really trying to keep their users in their apps and on their platform and taking you from shopping through that conversion and purchasing products just being only in the app itself, You know, not going out to sending you off site to a third party site so i think it's a smart move
0: it's all about one click and um users users will get upset no matter what that's that's kind of like my understanding how social media works today for me uh personally and i'm i'm a huge instagram user um for me this could be an incentive to quit instagram just because of all the shopping that becomes available or Um, I guess my browsing on Instagram would finally get more productive. I can finally do something outside of just like hit likes and posting photos, like buy something at least. So we'll see how it plays out, I'm excited. Um, All right, Um, another news piece from Facebook. Um, And it's not randomly that I put Instagram before Facebook today, which is not usually the case with all of our headlines on the PPC show. Um, I actually tested um, Facebook versus Instagram, how marketers react in or a newsletter. And um, Instagram recently is picking up. Uh, marketers are clicking on Instagram ads. Um, news about Instagram ads way more than Facebook. Uh, so the most recent news on Facebook is um, the Pew Research Center has released a new survey that shows that Facebook users are less engaged with the platform. So not just marketers, users too. So here's here's interesting stats. Uh, 54% said they had adjusted their privacy settings. 42% had taken a break from Facebook for at least several weeks. And 26% deleted the Facebook app from their phone. of Facebook users surveyed had taken at least one of those actions over the past 12 months. So there's a 74% chance, Josh, that you are in one of these groups. Which, Which one is it?
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually in all three groups. So I have changed my privacy settings. I have taken a break from Facebook for probably more than several weeks at a time. And I did at one point delete the Facebook app probably for a good year. I recently put it back on so that I could play around with watch and, and start watching some videos and, and some channels. But um, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's what Facebook was dealing with with the whole data and privacy issues that they went through in the past six months or so or year. Um, but I think they're doing a good job with making these, you know, the privacy settings more transparent. Um, they've made it available or your data downloadable and made that really clear how to do that, which, you know, I did do that and it's amazing that, you know, I was reading conversations that I had in Messenger back like, I don't know, six, seven years ago that I had back in college and I didn't know that that was still there (laughs) or just, so there's a lot of data out there that they have, but it's, it's, Facebook is trying and doing a good job, I should say, of making all this stuff more transparent for the users. And, you know, that's why you see these high percentages of people, changing their privacy settings or you know taking a break that doesn't mean users are necessarily quitting altogether we did see a decline in users or flattening out but like me i reinstalled the app on my phone and i use it you know at least once or twice a week now versus zero times over the past 6 months so uh, i think it's it's a good thing for facebook to to uh, make it more transparent
0: interesting so you're definitely among the majority of users I will probably never delete Facebook, just because over the past five, six years, in some sort of capacity, I've been managing social media pages for brands. So for me, it's it's more like I can't I can't delete Facebook, because it's basically my job. Um, <laughs> to it, that would be hard. So um, yeah, I I think I played around with my privacy settings way before it was cool to do that, just because of the nature of my job, kind of like understanding how things do work. Um, yeah, I'm just curious, yeah. but, um, there's definitely a difference between different demographics and how they react. And the biggest challenge for Facebook, perhaps is not making sure people do not delete the app because it's um, it's a low percentage to be fair of people who actually end up deleting um, the app, but more so growing user base and, um, Signing up more users, younger audiences, um, kind of um, luring them away from um, Snapchat and other new shiny things on the App Store and Google Play. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought around it. Cool. Um, all right, let's let's move on to one of the most recent players on the ad market, Amazon.
1: Yeah. So this is. Exciting and interesting. So Amazon is testing out an attribution pixel. So, you know, attribution pixels, as we know, help you track, you know, where your shoppers or leads are coming from. So this new Amazon attribution tool lets advertisers compare whether the ads that are on its site are more effective than on its rivals. So it's basically letting advertisers compare how ads perform outside of Amazon. So anywhere that you're putting your products on, if it's your own kind of owned landing pages or websites or you're advertising on social media or other sites, now you have a pixel that you can embed and start tracking traffic. So Amazon's really encouraging brands to drive more ads to Amazon um, because of this new attribution. I see. So
0: that pixel basically means that if you're a marketer or manage some kind of an e-commerce website, um, you take a snippet of code and you put it um, on your website, right? So Mm -hmm. this snippet of code can help you track how your Facebook ads, for example, perform compared to Twitter ads or compared to Amazon ads. So, um, and not just compare it, but actually like see, um, how your traffic is performing uh, if you drive it to uh, your Amazon landing page uh, so
1: yeah that's correct so I think it's a really smart and big move for Amazon it's really giving marketers or advertisers more tools and really kind of bring it bringing their game up to match with with all the other you know networks that advertisers have at their disposal so yeah.
0: I'm very excited about this um, this whole like amazon ad business growing and um most most recently a lot of uh, news media outlets have been writing more about amazon ads they specifically and i don't know if it's because they have more sources from amazon ad business or um maybe the business is just growing or they like the latest earnings report uh but it's definitely been booming i actually um live really close to um amazon ads uh, office in Palo Alto. Um, Amazon's office is in Seattle, actually, but their search and ads business is based in Palo Alto, like a 10-minute walk from my house, because uh, whenever I go um, to Coltrane, I see um, Amazon folks walking in the office working on those ads. So super excited about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. yeah, very cool. Uh, so let's move on to some uh, other. Yeah, let's move more on. More. Yeah, absolutely. So, Amazon is actually speaking of their ad business and in their ad office. So they're actually consolidating their ad business into a single brand. So previously, Amazon had these as separate business groups. So they had their e-commerce search display, programmatic video, and their analytics. So their measurement offerings. Um, and they were all kind of different teams. And now they're consolidating all into a single ad business. So maybe, Anya, that, that office near you is just going to grow and more people are going to be moving in and and driving up rent in Palo Alto, if it's not high enough already. Um. Um, there's, not,
0: there's not much real estate in Palo Alto, Palo Alto, let me say. So their office is pretty, considering like Palo Alto is a small town. So yeah. I don't so, know whether they're gonna expand, but that, that'd be exciting.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But in any case, so it looks like Amazon's focus on its ads is picking up speed, and it's it's not the only headline about Amazon this week. So. The company is consolidating, as we said, all their ad businesses into one. And I think what Amazon is trying to do is just be more efficient and effective and just really streamline all their processes, right? Having all these teams talk to each other, making sure that when some new features are released for programmatic, that the e-commerce team also knows about that and analytics also knows about that so that everybody's on the same page and all the products work well together.
0: Yeah, this makes sense because right now, Amazon's ad business is a little hard to navigate. Um, Well, historically, Amazon never really prioritized ads as they really focused on consumers and it's part of their philosophy and Amazon principles, like focus on the customer and the rest uh, doesn't really matter. But now they're actually realizing that ads drive a lot of revenue. Uh, So um, I think uh, right now um, they have like six or seven different divisions that are responsible for different things. So this article from business insider, it mentions, um, yeah, it mentions six. Uh, so there's sponsored brands and sponsored products. So keyword based ads that appear in search whenever you type in product um, on Amazon, there's display ads, there's video ads. Um, there's uh, what is it? Custom web pages. Yes. Stores like custom web pages um, on Amazon where you set up, um, your product page and your sell products at another ad offering. Then there's a group responsible for measurements, so campaign reporting, insights, data from third parties, and then this programmatic ads <clears throat> that run off Amazon's website. So kind of the Amazon version of a Facebook audience network or Google display network. So basically using Amazon data to uh, target people outside of Amazon. So, and those are six different departments that have like different names. And um, I think they function as different groups and they may not necessarily be all be based in Palo Alto actually. I think um, it's it's just like one one group um there's definitely more people somewhere like in seattle and um perhaps new york Uh, i'm not sure so right now they're consolidating all this um all these groups um in one unit um which which kind of makes sense of and if you think about amazon's philosophy for putting the customer um, in the center, right? So uh, as, a, as a marketer, I guess it, it would be really hard to navigate this complex landscape. You just want to run some ads and sell some products and you have to figure out which which department is responsible for what, What what is the product, the ad offering name, so those kind of things. So it's a good thing. It, it also reminds me um, of another um, large um, advertiser. Um, well, I guess like one of the duopoly that recently rebranded to make it simpler Google Ads, um, formerly Google AdWords, kind of uniting everything under one roof as a Google marketing platform. So I definitely see the trend for like simplifying, unifying marketing solutions.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I think you are spot on there. I think as ad products get more complex over time and there's just more and more tools and offerings at your disposal, it's just better for the companies to really make it much more easier for advertisers to get started.
0: Well, I did mention Google, so let's move on to this next really juicy piece of news about ads. So Google, MasterCard, cut secret ad deal to track retail sales. So for the past year, Google advertisers had access to a tool that let them see how their ads that they ran online actually translated into offline sales. So um, AdAge published the story. That says that Google uh, basically paid a lot of money to Mastercard to access this data uh, for offline purchases. And People who owned uh, their Mastercard um, cards uh, didn't really know about it. Uh, didn't know about this deal. So um, that's a bummer. So, um, yeah. What do you think, Josh? Is it is it even legal? I guess if this data is aggregated and not personalized, it's it's kind of like makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. So I think you know this happens a lot more behind the scenes than than we're aware of and it is perfectly legal and they're not sharing you know personal information they're basically just sharing anonymized you know transaction data Um that ties back to you know advertising in this case google's advertising right so um i think you know, it's going to be a lot more transparent with the with everything that's been happening in the last year with, with data transparency and privacy, that a lot more of these, we're going to be seeing a lot more of these stories. But I think in this case, uh, with Google paying MasterCard, you know, this, this millions of dollars just to get this data, it's really, they're really trying to make their products better, and at the same time, help the customer. I think they probably could be, MasterCard is kind of on the hook here to being a little bit more transparent to their cardholders, to saying, you know, your purchase data can be shared, we're gonna anonymize it. So maybe in the future, we're gonna start seeing more messages like that from our credit card companies.
0: Yeah, people are definitely expecting more transparency because we we all know that our data is uh, being shared and used for the most part. So it kind of makes sense for brands to be more open about it, which which is something that is actually already happening. Because the next new story story is um, on a Japanese coffee shop that gives you free coffee in exchange for your data. So, marketers at Shiru Cafe, it's a Japanese um, chain um, of cafes, so so they launched their first U.S. location at the Brown University campus. And this is not another um, hipster coffee shop. Well, it's probably still a hipster coffee shop, but... To get coffee uh, you actually pay with your data so you provide your personal um, information like your name your date of birth and your work experience so um, i want to get a cup of joe um, tell us who you are and what you do for a living
1: yeah this is really interesting and you know i think just a couple shows ago or so we talked about an app would pay you for your personal data and I think this business model is picking up speed a little bit you know again this it seems like this whole show today is about data and transparency and privacy and I think um, advertisers marketers and businesses like this or this coffee shop that's new to the US is really experimenting and seeing how far they can take take data so and um, there was a good you know quote or call out in the article about how You know, Shiru Cafe said this is really just a twist on that loyalty program. You know, everybody has loyalty cars to your supermarket or your big box store. And loyalty cars are basically this you're just giving that data history, your purchase transactions over back to the company. So that they can track you, send you coupons in the mail because they know what you like they know what you buy in this case you're just being upfront you're just filling out a survey or a questionnaire and saying this is the data that you want to get from me." so here you go and then they give you you know free coffee in exchange or coffee in exchange so I think um, they're doing a great a great thing here by trying this out It's going to be interesting to see what what people think about it though and how much how successful the business is going to be.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool that they're so open and transparent about it because my understanding is whenever you go to a cafe and you log in their free Wi-Fi networks, they're still collecting some of your data. They're just like not being super explicit and you still pay for coffee, right? So, yeah, yeah, I I like this idea a lot. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting. And our VP of product, Paul Wicker, who... If you're listening to the show, you are in he's in Japan right now in Tokyo so if you come across a shiro cafe while you're there uh, tell us how it goes.
0: Definitely. We'll see if Paul actually listens to the show. <laughs> oh, these are these are all of your headlines for the week. Uh, thanks for listening in and we will see you next week.
1: All right. see you next week.